0: podcast with no less than one listener in North Dakota
1: Days of the New Nick how are you Hey i'm doing pretty good Kevin happy to be here it's uh, the sun is shining uh, we both woke up today so that's you know better than you know some people that probably have listened to this show before cuz statistically <laughs> some of them are probably dead Yep he's gone to the big crazy town in the sky <laughs> Yes
0: and speaking of crazy towns we are joined today by friend of the show Mogan Brown hey welcome back buddy how you been man ah uh,
2: been all right been all right it's uh currently uh it's a nice sunny 30 degrees in Chicago so yeah it's it's gorgeous been negative
1: lately so uh yeah you know kind of cool we are we are literally in three different time zones we right are now. we are
0: it's a beautiful sunny day in North Carolina uh, you know maybe a light jacket. Moken is in the blighted hellscape of the Midwest, and uh, Nick's soaking in the sunshine in Las Vegas. Yeah, 63. That's the nicest day we've had in a little while.
1: Glad to be spending that beautiful 63-degree weather sitting in my office with headphones on talking to you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is
0: uh, this is not a good, good subject we're here to talk about today. Oh, No it's the best subject it's my
1: favorite <laughs> we do Mogan is as uh, the guest writer on today's show so uh he'll be leading us through uh the gift of game by crazy town and Kevin and I'll just be riding along
2: oh word yeah we're on the bus to crazy town man I hate crazy town so much I kind of love them um they're the stupidest fucking thing uh <laughs> since I ever uh <laughs> I re- since they came out I mean you got you got a buff guy and uh, just a normal dude, and then just a bunch of schlubs making the just corniest early 2000s horseshit ever, and they suck. So, yeah, you guys want to learn about Crazy Town?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Classic Crazy Town, because there's going to be a few things here. There's going to be the West Side Crazies, there's going to be Crazy Town, there's going to be the current iteration, Crazy Town X. But let's start with Crazy Town. So, Crazy Town <laughs> was founded by Brett Epic Mauser and Seth Shifty Shellshock Binzer around 1995. Most of the stuff I got today was from two sources a 2001 puffy piece from Rolling Stone, just about how awesome they are. Uh, and then the other is from a uh, podcast Shifty Shellshock did last summer, uh, where he's a lot more down to earth. But, uh, We'll start. So, uh, Epic Mauser, uh, he grew up in LA, and his dad is Irwin Mauser, who uh, managed Billy Joel briefly in the 70s. And currently, along with his wife of over 50 years and Brett's mom, Jackie, they currently have a YouTube channel called The Irwin and Jackie Review, where they talk about things they've seen on television. It has 58 <laughs> subscribers. <laughs> they literally review movies that are just randomly on uh, Netflix, as well as. Um, stuff that was free on apple tv each video maybe has like 90 views
1: yeah, <laughs> k- kind of like this show yeah. well hey
2: <laughs> you want to tip your hand there <laughs> Binzer's father, Roland, was a graphic designer for Chess Records and ended up directing the Rolling Stones concert film, Ladies and Gentlemen, the Rolling Stones, in 1974.
1: I get a little more on him. He, he was actually the co founder of like a Mad Men era Chicago ad agency called Hervis, Binzer, and Churchill, oh. whose big accounts they did over, they built over 25 million in work for Ovaltine and Celeste Frozen Pizzas.
2: In their time, you know, both these guys would talk up their dads as being these industry guys. Roland, he's a film director who directed you know, this concert film, Ladies and Gentlemen, The Rolling Stones, in 1974. Um, he only has one other IMDb credit, and it's a 2009 documentary about some uh, Montessori school that is clearly like a infomercial for it. He called him the arty farty guy <laughs> who did lots of cocaine and had weed all over the house. Both these guys' dads just seem like average Hollywood old guys who funded their son's careers, but totally just spent all the money on drugs. So, Mauser apparently established himself as a, pro- as a producer as a teen.
1: As normal teens, dude. Well,
2: you know, you know the, just. I'm a producer. Yeah, Hollywood days, baby. Uh, he collaborated with uh, a producer named Richard Wolf as the production duo Wolf and Epic. According to this article, they worked on tracks for Bilbiv, DeVoe, New Edition, and MC Light. Um, I could find none of these credits anywhere else. <laughs> Richard Wolf also seems to be Epic's dad's age, and uh, his IMDb credits, he worked on soundtracks for Karate Kid 2 and the Madonna movie, Who's That Girl? So, yeah. Total more just rich kid stuff.
1: If my name was Richard Wolf, I would definitely just go by Dick. Oh, there goes Dick Wolf. Yeah,
0: dog. Apparently, Crazy Town is located in the <laughs> 90210 zip code because holy shit, these guys have had, a, they were born with a silver spoon up their ass.
2: Shifty is also, uh, he was also a child actor. You can see him in the 1991 Martin Short film Clifford, about age mm. 12. Just plays a cool kid in like, one he actually has the first line of the movie. In this podcast from last summer, he talked about being friends with the rap group The Hooligans. Have you heard of these guys? No. no. They were a rap group uh, who were around in the early 90s. They were both about 14, and the rappers' names were Mad Skills and Mudfoot.
0: Was it Skills with a Z?
2: It was Skills with a Z. Of
0: course it was.
2: Do you know who this is? No. I believe Mad Skills is now known as Alchemist. No shit! And Mudfoot's real name is Scott Kahn. What? Son of James Sonny Corleone Kahn.
1: Sweet. (laughs) Big Ed DeLine from Los Angeles.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Their tracks are not easy to find, but it basically sounds like two children... Doing uh Cypress Hill karaoke.
1: First, I grabbed the number two, and then I hit the loose leaf. If they got beef with my crew, there were a couple dogs for protection in a section of the prince. I commenced to flex them on my, my step. So, my step if they ain't legit, I'm a common of a pop that fish. Moving up the left with a six to the third degree, and that's where it
0: had to hurt me. I don't pack. no They at fourteen like went on tour with Cypress Hill. I'm sure Be Real in the crew were really really into their music and that no money was paid to them to bring this fucking band on tour
2: oh no oh no these two children (laughs) on a bus full of you know 90s marijuana yeah (laughs) (laughs) these are just total kids of privilege they're basically hollywood rats yeah shifty was in um he was in like Nintendo commercials, Levi's commercials. You can also see him as a shirtless hunk in Lenny Kravitz's Fly Away video. In this Rolling Stone article, he told, uh, he had all sorts of stories about uh, robbing drug dealers and being arrested for assault with a firearm, doing 90 days in Chino after, quote, Copying a plea and avoiding a five-year sentence, then being released on three years probation with mandatory drug testing, bragging that he, quote, failed everyone, but was always honest. (laughs) He ended up heading to rehab and getting out, quote, feeling like a bull being let out of the stable. In this podcast from last summer, he kind of elaborated that copying the plea really meant his parents hired a good lawyer who intimidated the parents of the kids who he'd robbed because that kid was selling drugs out of their house and they beat the kid up. Stole his drugs and his money. And so uh, they got all the charges dropped except for the assault one. And then he got out of jail because uh, a uncle of a friend of his was on the parole board.
0: Perfect. Perfect.
2: According to the Rolling Stone article, Epic and Shifty were introduced in 1995 when they were both working with the Black Eyed Peas. But this is like... This is not Fergie Black Eyed piece. No, this
1: is like the good Black Eyed Yeah, Ice this is Beast. like when like they're... they... Everybody forgets. They were kind of good for a minute.
2: Absolutely, yeah. yeah they uh, They were on the Warp Tour in
0: 1999. Do they still have that dude who doesn't rap? The guy with the long hair who just, like, is fucking weird? Taboo? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Taboo and the dancing guy from the Mighty Mighty Bostons have the easiest jobs in music. Well... well. Yeah. Well, not to. currently. <laughs> rest in peace, Boston. Go get vaccinated. Anyway, crazy town. <laughs>
2: According to the Rolling Stone article, Epic and Shifty were introduced in 1995 when they were both working with the Black Eyed Peas. They were kind of a duo for a bit, with Shifty being the rapper and Epic being the producer. Uh, they had a third member named Chaos, uh, and they would, quote, go on speed and coke-fueled marathons, banging out monster tracks, then go out partying and macking for a month. Okay.
0: Is that Chaos with a K?
2: Oh, it's absolutely chaos with a K.
1: Okay, I'm just making
0: sure. I'm just making sure yeah. we're becoming fluent in the language. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm just making sure this is up to brand standards.
2: This is a new metal podcast, is it not? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it is.
2: <laughs> so these uh Speed and Cokefield recording, you know, creativity marathons was slowed down by them both going to jail and rehab. Ya boy, Jay Gordon from Orgy entered the picture as their original bassist, but he left when he, quote, found out he could sing and dropped Crazy Town like a body in the bay. (laughs) At some point, they became Sven Gallied by uh, someone named Danny Ostro, a, quote, record promotion executive who had worked with Bush in No Doubt. Uh, I couldn't find his credits on anything. Yeah. It kind of sounds like the whole thing was, they're just some Hollywood rat you know who are just around and they look good and
1: yeah no this band is astroturf
0: oh yeah yeah dude there's nothing genuine about this it was fucking a&r all the way through are we gonna talk
1: about their Um, djs early
2: dj was adam dj adam 12 bravin who would go on to form she wants revenge and according to his wikipedia entry is the personal dj for president barack obama
1: (laughs) what that is (laughs) no for real i can't i have the same bullet yeah
0: what the fuck are you talking about
2: he was also in the news in the last year um he ran an la vip goth night called uh cloak mm-hmm. and dagger which was called out on social media and in an la times article for ignoring the sexually predatory behavior of some of its celebrity patrons as well as braving himself
1: yeah and it was also like notoriously racist was in, it And uh who it, who it would allow into the club yeah, yeah. I'm still wrapping my head around the fact Barack Obama has a personal DJ. Yeah, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what kind? Of... Uh, could you uh please uh drop a fat <laughs> beat? Know.
2: Yeah, <laughs> fat beat, turn uh, my headphones up.
1: <laughs> but he is not he is not the most famous DJ that was in Crazy Time. No.
2: Uh, so they had a record deal. So Astro put a band together for them. That included, your boy, Adam, DJ A.M. Goldstein. Also, uh, someone named Rust, I I would assume this is pronounced epic, E I E P I Q U E, which, why would you name yourself that when your main guy has the same name? <laughs> Some Thunderdome shit. Oh, and do you know who their drummer was? I don't. Hit me. A gentleman named James Bradley Jr., who was a kind of legendary drummer at the time. They uh, really pumped up... The fact that he played some percussion on the Beastie Boys Checkerhead album, hmm. he's most famous for.
1: Any good King of the Hill watcher knows that song.
2: Yes. Yeah. Did he die? <laughs> no. Or is that other kid died on, uh, no, on, on King of the Hill?
1: Oh, uh, Buckley. No, Buckley died.
2: Yeah, the propane exploded. Yeah, no,
1: Chuck Mangione was the official, like, uh, spokesperson of the Megalomart.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, um, James Bradley Jr. most notably played on Feel So Good, the Chuck Chuck fucking Mangione album. He'd most recently played in the band Mary's Danish. He's a 40-year-old black man who just he's a hired gun he also he had like facial piercings and he just it was very obvious they had dressed him up for this role oh you think i couldn't find an exact quote confirming this but i found an epk clip and a video from a couple years ago uh mazer refers to having known bradley since he was a kid uncle bradley exactly <laughs> uncle
0: bradley came over for the super bowl and uh you know the the dad was like hey look my kids are real fuck up can you just drum for the band please
2: <laughs> this is 1999 yeah any idiot can get a record deal and these idiots have one yeah, yeah. apparently just being a rapper is not good enough now they have to have some uh war boys and a drummer You, you're a drummer be their drummer Okay, do you mind if they smoke crack around you? Not if they don't smoke mine, you know. So their debut album, The Gift of Game, was released on November 9th, 1999. It was produced by Josh Abrahamson, who at the time had done Orgy's Candy Ass and Dead Seeds Commencement. Dead Sea also features uh, Cher's son. Elijah Blue. Elijah Blue,
1: yeah. Of Cher and Greg Ullman.
2: Greg Ullman, yeah uh abraham has since gone on to he's like an in-demand like la pop producer he's done like justin bieber and katy perry and stuff uh and an alkaline trio record Hmm. uh the album cover features a devil girl looking a lollipop who shifty is says is named Uh. little lolita uh, and is based on the song Lollipop Porn, and it was also designed by
0: Shifty's dad and uncle. These guys don't straighten me as big uh, Vladimir Novikov uh, fans <laughs> so, uh-huh. uh, uh, of the novel where a pedophile kidnaps and sexually assaults his 12-year-old stepdaughter. <laughs> this is one of many
2: pop culture references. They just like to name things they've heard of, that totally. they like to repeat, but have no idea what the fuck they're talking about because they're just... Buff dum dums,
0: you know. So his dad and uncle did this artwork. Could you imagine, like, if your dad brought this to you, say, like, "Hey, hey, look at this portrait I did of your mother." Like, I mean. <laughs> it's it's so sick side note uh epic's
2: uncle ruby mazar also has a background in designing album covers and most notably claims to have created the rolling stones mouth and tongue logo and since the mid 90s has had a one-sided beef with mick jagger over uh claiming he designed the logo and i think it was a he got paid once but then never got royalties
0: these are the type of fathers who like bring their kids to a whorehouse when they turn 14.
2: (laughs) hollywood dads
0: yeah
1: yeah, I mean these these kids were gonna be fucked from the start. Like, there's.
2: Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, so do we want to talk about the gift of game?
1: Yeah, let's uh, let's get into this piece of shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is Lincoln Park for meth addicts.
2: Are we going track by track or?
0: Start
1: with the intro.
2: So yeah, start with intro, which is like a clip of a, a video interview or something. Somebody says, we're not evil. We're not good. We just live within the friction of life. It's like, you're trying to sell the CD to someone who already bought it. <laughs> uh,
1: like. Well, no, he does. They do. He also says, we're not evil. We're not good. We're somewhere in between, which absolutely sets this album up as a bipolar, like mashup of yes we're rich la people but also we're gangbangers or something Uh. this was at this at that point
0: in music where like you had to have real street cred nowadays like rick ross and uh all these other rappers they're like i never did this shit. they tell stories they tell good stories about like these extravagant drug deals and like all the murders they've committed but they will readily admit this shit isn't real the only genre of music left where like you have to like really fucking live it is like mad ball like that's it (laughs) back in the day of and god this was only what 20 years ago being
1: a poser quote unquote you'd get called out and fucking run out of town on a rail
2: oh like vanilla ice
1: (laughs) yeah i never just quite understood why like As songwriters and musicians, everything had to be autobiographical. But if you were a filmmaker, you can make a movie about whatever you want. Like, Rob Zombie was the only person that was just like, I'm going to sing about fucking dead girls and monsters and fast cars because it's fun. (laughs)
0: Like
1: No one's like, oh, that guy is actually the devil. You know, he just was fucking being a horror movie, you know, weirdo. And it was fun. Everybody else, yeah, they had to, like, live the life. And, like, we're talking about a bullshit rap metal album. Like, (laughs) oh, fuck
2: oh and then like not even flaunting but like building up their like quote-unquote drug abuse and stuff and just like yeah yeah it's ridiculous oh yeah let's
0: let's get into the music
2: the music oh the music the beautiful music uh toxic the which was their lead single from the record apparently they think toxic rhymes with the word <laughs> shit uh it, it doesn't, really, but, um, you know,
1: art is fluid. <laughs> for, this is clearly, for me, like, somebody heard Limp Biscuit mm-hmm. when they heard this. They're like, hey, we can have our Limp Biscuit." Yep. The the lyric, Toxic, pop in more lip, we love to talk shit. That just sounds like he's got a cold sore. <laughs> <story. laughs> <laughs> and then, like you're talking about with his, like, cultural references, he has the lyric, fuck the critics, we leave them hanging, like, in excess. Which is just, just in poor taste, if you ask me. Yeah, <laughs> Toxic was, I remember when this video
0: came out, it felt so manufactured. I liked the music
1: until one of them goes,
0: TOXIC! <laughs> like, you can't
1: fucking scream. <laughs> yeah, and the guitars are super, like, dated. Like, they sound like a P.O.D. record yeah. or something. Like, they're very, like, 1999.
2: Oh, yeah, of the time. It does kind of have that palm mute thing that Linkin Park used a lot. That you
0: Yeah, it's mean? staccato, start, stop guitar stuff yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i had a really hard time with
1: this album because musically it's not bad musically in the sense that like it's in time and on key yeah but it's not knocking any doors down and of course the music's fine because they they didn't fucking play it like i remember a guitar world article that like This shit was all tracked by session guitar players. They hired their guitar player because I think he was a Calvin Klein model, if I recall. And he just looked the part. He was like that math skinny dude. And the Guitar World article, I could not find it. But I remember from reading it back then that he had to go home and listen to the record and figure out how to play it before they went on tour. Because he wasn't the guy. Like, you know, they had, mm-hmm. you know, uncle whoever who played the drums <laughs> and like, yeah, you know, like it was put together by session musicians. Yeah. Like
0: some, of course. Yeah. And fun. that was my thing. I was like, hey, this, this song's pretty good. And then like Shifty and Epic would come and just shit all over it. And uh, <laughs> I, it, it's it sounds like this is an alternate reality where the Beastie Boys like never stopped using homophobic
1: slurs. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of slurs, let's get into the next song. Oh, God. Where we have the first instance of a white guy saying the N word in That's what no. I thought. Oh,
0: yeah. That's what I thought. Oh, but I was like, no, there's no way that they just brazenly dropped the N word.
1: RIP your algorithm for searching <laughs> this.
0: <laughs> uh, no, my note is did this guy just drop the N word? <laughs> Well, oh, yeah, twice. Joe Rogan of his time. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <That's the same. laughs>
0: um, no, apparently there was some rapper called The Dirty Unit. Ooh. Yeah, it's like calling yourself Stinky Penis. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name. <laughs> yeah, and I, I looked for other credits from The Dirty Unit and could not find it anyway. So I don't know if The Dirty Unit is white or black but don't google search dirty unit no i'm good
1: i'm good (laughs) or or crazy Um, town
0: n-word or any of the other
1: things that have ruined my life i mean this this song just jumps right into like what this album did so like the one of the verses that epic sings is uh that girl sheila got a daughter she be clubbing every night sheila had her daughter young still that just ain't right plus she rides the white horse she used to ride my pony if i hit it now i'd break it because sheila's just too bony Quite the wordsmith. <laughs> the cocksmith. Shifty's a real pipe man.
0: He's a real, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's a real pipe man. He's, like,
1: he's gonna criticize her for riding the white horse when all these guys sing about his doing drugs all day. <laughs> really
0: cool. Hey, this girl used to suck my dick, and now she's addicted to heroin, and if I fucked her, I'd break her, because she's sick. <laughs> Sweet, do you want me to high-five you? Like... What's your fucking problem, you sick son of a
1: bitch? (laughs) Quite the flex. Yeah. Anyway. Keep it moving, right? Uh, The second single from the record is Dark Side, and it features Troy Van Leeuwen from Queens of the Stone Age in a perfect circle on guitar. For some reason, because it's just a one-finger-drop D guitar (laughs) lick that any asshole could play. I don't know why Troy is on this. This also has probably the lyrics that make me
0: the angriest. Mogan, I don't know if you agree with me. Uh, what, my bad brain's working. Circle
2: jerk, rocking, riddles, sex pistols, sex sexperts, acting, uns-
0: yeah. Yeah, there's no, there's no fucking way in this world that they've listened to bad brains or circle
1: jerks. Yeah, and they also name drop nine inch nails yeah. and sex pistols. This, this,
0: this was also
2: thing. the late 90s, and so those bands hadn't exactly had their second come up it was kind of like keith morris and hr were just kind of kicking around hollywood and so that seemed cool but also yeah it just also sounds like he's just reading someone's
1: jacket yeah no that's not there's the same thing i said in the earlier episode where fred durst talks about how like dead kennedys and shit were mm-hmm. like an influence not to him fucking weren't. A, no they yeah. fucking weren't dude you were like listening to b-boy bullshit you're just trying to get some street cred
2: that wonderfully clunky chorus. Why can't you see I cannot feel till you bring me down? Like <laughs> that that's the hook. <laughs> like, that's supposed to be the rhymed hook.
0: I want to take a, I want to take a poll real quick since everything else on this album is prefab, did they write their own lyrics or did they have ghostwriters?
1: I'm going to guess they wrote their own lyrics. That's the only thing I'm going to give them credit for. I agree with you because I will say the
0: way that they trade off rhymes and verses, and the way that they like punctuate each other's sentences, I really do think that they honest to god practiced at that part.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: That's that's what yeah. I will give yeah. them now. That's my compliment <laughs> sandwich.
2: Go. I mean, they they put in some some you know work when they you know did a bunch of crank and then pretended you know, <laughs> they were you know Cypress Hill or whatever, and then went on max sprees or whatever. Can, they... can
1: you just imagine like? being in A&R at this time when like everybody was rushing to get the next Limp Biscuit, and you're just boardroom is like all these suits looking at numbers and then just some asshole in fucking nylon pants, fucking meth twitching comes in, fucking lip rings and shit, skinny as shit. And like, God damn it. You know you gotta fucking sign this guy because you, you have to be the next, you have to find the next Limp biscuit to stay relevant. Yep. Give him three million dollars, let's see what happens.
2: But this is the late 90s and this is like coming out of hair metal. This is Hollywood, this is, you know, this scene that's in our backyard, sign it all, it's all gonna sell.
1: Yeah, I mean we saw the same thing happen ten years later with like all the Fallout Boy clones in Chicago.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This album made me hate Los Angeles, and I, I think Aaron Lewis might be onto something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this, this place sounds like a fucking hellhole. Um, we'll keep it moving, though. Uh, the next song is "Black Cloud," and um, it features their former bass player and current Orgy frontman Jay Gordon on guest vocal. Yep, Jay Gordon does what Jay Gordon does, and he writes the shittiest non-catchy hook ever <laughs> on the chorus. <laughs> He's the the best singer that can't write a hook to save his life. I don't know what Jay Gordon's problem God. is. God, <laughs> back back again to
0: episode yeah. two. Orgy is a famous band with two good songs.
1: <laughs> the uh, the production <laughs> on this song is quite good, though. It is. It sounds good. I kind of like the intro to the song. Like it's a it's a well made. <laughs> <laughs> It's, a, uh, it, it's like the producer
0: and the engineers did their job on this song. Black Cloud sounds like a B-side from like Depeche Mode's Ultra. Musically, I really like it. Because I listened to this album on YouTube, I was going to read YouTube comments for every single song on this. They're
1: disabled. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I thought there'd be some fun, like weird, crazy town well, fans to make fun of, but they disabled. Them. Oh, no, I I found some. Uh, I found this one on a
0: lyric video for uh, Black Cloud. Uh, this comes from Pavel Lavar, and this is from two years ago. This song reminds me... Oh, by the way, this dude is Russian <laughs> as fuck. That's <laughs> why I'm reading it like this.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this song reminds me of those feelings which I fell in youth. Joy of life, invincibility, faith in a happy future, naivety, and freedom of spirit. <laughs>
1: That's what you got from this? before the oligarch stripped his fucking country dry. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so moving along. So, all right. I I mean, I I think most people know that Butterfly, I mean, everybody knows that song, right? Number one hit. uh, Mm -hmm. This is, I mean, they are a one hit wonder. This is their big song. Everybody knows this song. And I think most people probably know that um, the main lick in the song is a sample from a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. But I do think that most Mm -hmm. people probably have never heard it because it was off of like Mother's Milk or whatever, Blood Sugar Sex Magic or something.
2: Well, and it's it's not even a song. It's a between track like interlude, instrumental jam. Yeah.
1: I do want to play it because I feel like most people probably haven't heard it, including myself. So there you go. Uh, so Flea, Anthony Kiedis, and uh, I think John Fruscianti all have songwriting credits on Butterfly.
2: Uh, yeah, so even though Anthony Kiedis does not appear on that track at
1: all. He makes the quarter, or so every time that song's on the radio.
2: <laughs> no, not, maybe it, maybe that song did originally feature his now-revealed Irish accent <laughs> that is featured in their new single that came out yesterday. Oh, I haven't
1: heard it. Night is dressed like noon. A
2: sailor spoke to soon. And China's on the dark side of the moon.
1: I hate the red hot chili peppers for the record. God, me too.
2: Crazy Town makes them seem like
1: lead fucking Zeppelin.
2: <laughs> exactly. They are lead fucking Zeppelin compared to Crazy Town. Um,
1: so the music video for this is obviously super famous. Shifty's like all jacked and hanging out and like some grass or something yeah. my favorite part is when his tattoos fly
0: off
2: do you want to throw a photo of crazy town up while we describe what they look like
0: or? yeah i'm actually just gonna play the video while we talk but have it muted there we go you want to just we'll give like a play-by-play <laughs> anniversary together it's been really special shut the fuck up <laughs> All right, so this video, they're in a Van Gogh painting that is inhabited by like mid-tier strippers and the budget only allowed for two shirts. <laughs> and James
2: James had in his contract, I, I, I'm over 40, I'm keeping my shirt on.
1: <laughs> Which uh, Shifty had no problem with. This does remind me though, that like in the 90s, like hot was, it just meant skinny. Like everybody in this video is fucking emaciated. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah,
0: except for Shifty, who's just got fucking cum gutters for days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, this is the song that launched a thousand mediocre lap dances. This is
2: fucking. Oh god. Uh, well, and yeah, this whole just like cartoonish, like, whoa, well, we're all high and we're all sexy.
0: Okay. Wait. 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 Somewhere. Right here. Right here. Hold there, on. There it is. So, there it is. Okay. So for those of you who have no idea what I look like. I have two stars tattooed on me, uh, one on each bicep. And Shifty Shellshock has two stars tattooed on uh, each each of his uh, shoulders. And in this video, they start twirling and flying off of him. And as I'm watching this, I was like, I'm getting these shits covered up this year. I feel so fucking gross. <laughs> like Shifty's just dancing around with his fucking nipple rings and his, like, his oh, soul patch. God. And oh my God, Everything about this is fucking gross, and I say this as an ally. This video is real gay.
1: <laughs> no, I mean the band. The band looks exactly how they sound. It's just eyebrow rings and soul patches on wax.
2: It's almost like date raping. Like how these girls are like barely conscious. Let's get on. Them, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, they all they all look like they're nodding out. Like everybody on this mm-hmm. video is like on oxycontin before we knew it was problematic
0: no i'll give it up to epic epic looks like he had a cup of coffee
1: yeah but he's got his dare shirt on his, his ironic, ironic dare, dare shirt. shirt yeah also
2: you know um misunderstood pop culture reference they have that line about what is it you're so fancy you and me we like sid and nancy <laughs> they're like oh oh yo you just uh described uh, our relationship where we both do heroin and you stab me <laughs> under the sink <laughs>
0: Looking back at this, it's really depressing because you can tell that like they have no
1: skin in the game at all, right? Um, so do you know why he wrote, why they wrote Butterfly? Mm-mm. So Shifty's girlfriend saw the lyrics to Lollipop porn, <laughs> and uh, what was was pissed off because she was like what's up with these lyrics is this what you're like because all their music was so chauvinistic so uh, in his own words um i was going to write something sweet and nice to a girl i cared about so then he proceeded to compare her legs to a butterfly's wings and tell her to come my lady come <laughs> come, <laughs> come
2: my lady so before this, they they toured with Buckcherry and Smash Mouth. Then they went out with Methods of Mayhem and then did a couple dates with the Chili Peppers. They did OzFest in 2000, but were kicked off the tour after two weeks. Uh, Shifty said for throwing a chair through a window, Sharon Osbourne said it was because out of the first five shows, they only made it to three.
0: <laughs> I, I, I believe Sharon wow. on this one. Can you fucking imagine that? like, Shifty and Epic's dad pay for them to get, like, an opening slot on OzFest, and because they've never had to work a fucking day in their life, they just don't show up for two of the three dates. Like, the, the crazy thing to me is that Corn are meth heads from Bakersfield who really had to, like, put in the work to become who they were. And then Crazy Town are just, like, rich kids who became meth heads and never put in the work and just, like, can't see, like, why missing two dates of your fucking festival show is, uh, like, verboten.
2: Oh, when you're the, like, the gates are opening band, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. it's kind of like, no big deal. Well, oh, they didn't make it? Okay, well, then I guess Queens of the Stone Age will play first, you know?
0: Uh, Moving on? Only when I'm drunk.
2: Because Crazy Town, they're rappers. They actually have gone on record many times. We consider ourselves a, a hip-hop group with instruments. Like, The Roots or something. <laughs> yes. They're, they're not they're not any of those things. Uh, so this is a cover of the uh, West Coast kind of backpackery hip-hop group, The Alcoholics. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, my note is everyone's rapping like they're drunk.
1: It doesn't sound like the original no,
0: song no. at all. It makes me never want to drink again, <laughs> because their idea of, like, getting drunk and having fun sounds terrible. <laughs> like, I would rather stay at home and just have, like, a green juice. <laughs> <laughs> Any other uh, observations?
1: Nope, nope. No. No. I mean, they they somehow found a way to just make drinking actually sound yeah. Not cool. Yeah. 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 If you were like,
0: hey, this is what being drunk is like, I'd be like, cool. I've got my Earth Crisis shirt on today. I'm just gonna fucking ride that train. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and then right into Hollywood Babylon. So I'm definitely uh, sensing or hearing some vocal cues like copped right from Zack de La Roca mm-hmm. on this one. Like he's definitely got like a very rage against the machine cadence. Yeah, they've stolen every single one of their flows that they've had. And like at this
0: point in the album, I know they're trying to present themselves as like these hell raising party dudes, but it all sounds awful. Like everything they're talking about sounds terrible. And like if entourage is the gold standard for partying in hollywood this song is the equivalent of dying in front of the viper room on halloween
1: (laughs) um so for some reason in this era there's always some fucking guy with patois (laughs) why is there play a clip of guest vocalist mad lion
0: Every time every time how many people think mad lion's white
2: <laughs> i think mad lion's blue because i think he's really the cookie monster
1: <laughs> <laughs> one cookie two cookie cookie for me oh no mad lion is uh he is not he, What? Uh, his real name is Os- oswald priest uh and he frequently collaborates with uh krs1 who we will get to shortly oh uh, yeah. yeah next up is face the music <laughs> I don't have any notes on this one. I hated it too much. I'd like, just let it go by.
2: Oh, my note is, uh, sounds like a bus full of kids all yelling at once. <laughs> 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 I have the lyric. I talk a lot of shit because I know a lot of shit. Uh, I've that highlighted.
0: That's pretty good. <laughs> so they're borrowing from, the uh, the fat boys, uh, stick them that stick em, bruh, buh, buh, stick 'em, And like, way to just shit all over the fat boys. memory. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the meth boys covered the fat boys. Oh yeah. The island boys.
2: <laughs> yeah, Island Boys absolutely we wouldn't have I mean Crazy Town walked so the Island Boys could run on Cameo. <laughs>
1: and
2: also, let's not shit ourselves, Island Boy is It's a fucking jam. Trying to put my vest on.
1: (laughs) Just trying to make it.
2: Fun fact, they're from central Florida, but consider themselves island boys because they're Cuban, even though they've never been to Cuba. Yeah. They have uh, motivational little videos on Instagram. And, like, there's one where someone writes in, and it's like, I'm from Puerto Rico. Am I an island boy? Yes, you are. Puerto Rico's also an <laughs> island. And, like, <laughs> it's the dumbest shit ever.
0: So,
1: uh, next up is, uh,
0: well, this is fucking gross.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, my note is, uh, I'm going to play a clip, but my note is people that think that Sons of Anarchy was a good show are the target audience for this song. <laughs>
0: chance is playing my song while the devil dances around me begging me to play along
1: i can just picture that fucking blonde haired biker with white sneakers cruising down the highway while that's playing in the background
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ron
2: perlman's like
0: we gotta move this ice the mongols are creeping up crazy town is the horniest band in new metal. Like all
1: their songs are just about fucking and it's gross. Fucking. It's not like making love. It's just, no, it's sweaty. Meth sex. Hope my dick works today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's all fucking nonsense, but it's nonsense about like, dicks and tits and as are these next three
1: songs
0: (laughs) that's just life and you've entered the city limits of crazy town Uh, yeah yeah
1: let's i mean we'll just bleed right into the next song revolving door which the alternate title should just be called i fuck real good (laughs)
2: yeah (laughs) this is like supposed to be if they had uh, made Butterfly from the ground up <laughs> and not rem- instead of just stolen a Red Hot Chili Pepper song that has this awful, awful, as I have dumb Clapton guitar loop, Lethal Weapon soundtrack uh, slash MGD commercial. Maybe they recorded one of their dads at Guitar Center. And then he's just like, he's like, I got a revolving door cause I got so many ladies.
1: This is the only new metal song that has the word nipples in its lyrics. <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. Hold on. I'm going to shoot this track some bail because lyrically, I think that this is a character study and I think it may have the most depth. So, like, fucking bear with me. Okay. The whole point of this song is for Shifty to say that he gets so much ass that at the end of the day, he's lonely. And, like, woe is the life of Sir Shellshock. He's got a revolving door installed in his house... To help control the flow of traffic of women in search of his dick. <laughs> and, and, and yet, and like it makes him lonely. It makes him feel like he has no agency. but like at the end of the day, he obliges. he says in the lyrics, don't waste my time unless you're down to fuck. So like, <laughs> meanwhile, he's just got this carousel of fucking hookers just coming in to get a to get the D. And, like, it makes him feel empty and sad inside. But, like, at the same time, he's like, yo, if we ain't fucking, why you here? Like, there's this dichotomy. It's such an interesting insight into, like, what he thinks about himself.
2: Yeah, it also sucks.
1: <laughs> Speaking of sucks. Yeah, the, the next song uh, is called Players... Only love you when they're playing. And it was definitely voted the worst bastardization of a Fleetwood Mac lyric of all time. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad.
0: I guess write about what you know, but it opens up with like, we're the guys your mama warned you not to go around. And then that same verse ends with, like, your mama should have warned you not to go around us, which I guess is, like, when your fucking brain just has a holes ripped in it from meth. It's fucking, like, you forget what you started with.
2: I have uh, something I'd
0: hear playing in a men's mall clothing store that
2: would make me want to leave immediately.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh not a great song, uh, not a great album, and uh, mercifully, we're almost at the
2: end. It's tough to be the worst song on this album of just (laughs) awful, awful songs. There's many contenders for what is the worst song, you know, and, uh, you know, what makes it awful? Is it, just the yelling? Is it just the
0: mediocrity? Is it the mediocrity and the yelling? You know. Taking home the metal for me is Lollipop Porn. Of Worst Song on the album? Yes. Worst Song on the album. Lollipop Porn. Which the original title of was Lollipop Porn Bitch. But I guess that was a bridge too far. So they shortened it
1: (laughs) to Lollipop Porn. I think that one goes to the next song. uh, B-Boy 2000. A.K.A. K-R-S 1 owed someone a favor. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like I... I don't... I, for me, this is the best song in the album by a mile. KS1 yeah. handles a lot of the vocals, which is cool. It has kind of a Rob Zombie groove to it. It's lyrically dumb. Uh, the quickest way to let people know that you're not a badass is to call yourself a badass. Like, every yeah. time I hear Kid Rock call himself an American badass, I just picture that image of him, like, on the beach with his skinny fucking arms.
2: And <laughs> <laughs> the sand's too hot. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, track 14 is crazytown.com. It literally is someone saying crazytown.com. And I just has is have is this an ad for their website? Yes. Because it yeah. apparently is. Let's
0: see if they're still up. Crazytown.com. Uh hey, click here to buy crazytown.com. That's your website <laughs> name. Shifty let that shit lapse. <laughs> yes, he did. And then it says related searches, corporate travel planning, home internet
1: window companies
0: yeah if anybody wants to buy crazytown.com
1: now's your chance so uh before before we bring it home with uh where are they now and what they've done since as i pulled up spotify to play you guys that last track i can't help but notice that there is um butterfly 2021 guess what happened to somebody so as always (laughs) <laughs> when an artist re-records their hit single it's because they had a shitty publishing deal <laughs> they want to reclaim the rights so i'm just gonna give it a little bit of a spin and see how close to the original it is while i have you guys here yeah, it's crazy. Until I you. I always but- echo is on this track he is a local Las Vegas rapper that I know of.
0: Yeah, Butterfly 2021, a.k.a. Please, God, let us get us some publishing office. <laughs> <laughs> Butterfly comes out.
2: Album does huge. Um, they returned at OzFest in 2001, and according to the Rolling Stone article, they said... Uh, You know, last year we were the openers. This year we're the headliners. Um, From what I found from actual advertisements, they were actually the opener <laughs> um, Everyone hated them. According to Jack Osborne in the uh, same uh, MTV interview as the one with Sharon, um, they actually had to pay to get on the tour. Uh, MTV VJ Ian Robinson said, I hated Crazy Town, but was afraid to say so do, uh, due to tour camaraderie. But when I got down there, everyone on the tour hated Crazy Town, and it was awesome. <laughs> um, they did a follow-up album in 2002 called Dark Horse with future superstar producer Howard Benson. It tried to be a hard rock album, but since they're not good at that, The album tanked. The second single from the record hurt you so bad had rivers cuomo playing a guitar solo uh shifty would eventually appear on a paul Oakenfold song called starry i surprise that single was huge and used in a diet coke commercial he put out a predictably terrible solo album in 2004 and crazy town would just kind of disappear until 2007 when they announced they were back and working on a new album called crazy town is back uh, no <laughs> such album would ever be released but they played a show in 2009 in t- 2015 they released the follow-up to dark course the brimstone sluggers a nod to their fake gang uh they said they were in a gang called the brimstone sluggers and the uh they originally wanted to call crazy town the brimstone
0: sluggers but which is an objectively better name i don't hate the name crazy town yeah but like (laughs) brimstone sluggers like that i don't know that sounds like what
1: dropkick murphy sound like
0: (laughs) this is true
2: so, yeah, their follow-up to Dark Horse was called The Brimstone Sluggers. Um, the album artwork featuring Little Lolita dressed like Trayvon Martin. What? Uh, DJ AM is listed as a featured artist, even though he'd been dead for six yeah, years. We
1: can't we can't <laughs> underestimate how weird it is that DJ AM was in Crazy Town. DJ AM was, like, the biggest club DJ of his time. He had a $1 million yeah. contract to perform at Pure Nightclub inside of Caesars Palace, which nobody had had a contract that big. Then he got his his star exploded as he started dating Nicole Richie. Uh, he was just yeah. a notorious drug addict who gained. He, he went up to like 330 pounds before he had gastric gastric bypass surgery. Then he got in a plane crash with Travis Barker, where they were the only Fucking survivors. Cheated
0: death. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But
1: that uh, that plane crash led him to completely relapse under the. It's the most. To, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So to
2: bring us up to current day, uh, Epic left the band in 2017, prompting Shifty to change the band's name to Crazy Town X. He explains this by saying an X symbol is a territory a gang is one. They also appear to have restaffed the inside the entire band with players from Eastern Europe and have toured Russia a lot. <laughs> of course. According to Wikipedia in uh, 2019 the band hit a moose with their van while touring Canada. <laughs> do you want to google uh Shifty Shellshock net worth? Oh god, do I?
1: I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> Shifty Shellshock is an American rock star. Most notable as the lead singer of the band Crazy Town, who has a net worth of $10,000. Good <laughs> God, no! <laughs> Ouch. Um,
2: as of fall of 2021, Binzer is reportedly dating Soleil Moonfry, also known as Punky Brewster, and is apparently in good spirits. On this uh, podcast from last summer, he said, Butterfly has stood the test of time and it has, has had a life of its own. My band was big enough that I never have to put out another hit song again I could tour for the rest of my fucking life. Uh, he says he has a book and a documentary about his life forthcoming and has self an album that is done. Good for him. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's a miracle he's yeah. still alive. If yeah. uh, if we had a New Metal Awards show, uh, Shifty Shellshock would have won Most Likely to Commit a Statutory Rape. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Crazy Town is a cautionary tale.
0: Like, one minute you've got a number one single, and the next you're on VH1 with Dr. Drew pleading for you to put down the crack pipe. It's really a roller coaster, and I think that when you're never told the word no, you're on a one-way ticket to Crazy Town. <laughs> I got nothing else. And you got the
2: chiseled abs of an Adonis.
0: Good God, man, With he's these... a good-looking man. He is, I'll give he's, him that. He's
2: a good-looking man, yeah.
0: Um, any final thoughts on Crazy Town?
2: I, I mean, they're just so mediocre. It's beautiful. <laughs> like, <laughs> they just suck. I mean, their their big their number one hit was literally like leftover from a Red Hot Chili Peppers record. I mean, like that is their claim to fame. You know, it's, it's just like uh, their parents paid for everything and the bread out chili peppers got them their hit song. So, yeah.
0: Yep. And that's how you wind up with a cool $10,000 in your pocket.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and a uh, website that is currently for sale.
0: <laughs> such,
1: a, such ends the tale of crazy town.
0: So, as we usually do around this time, Nick, I know you have a uh, segment you like, if you like this. Oh, what do you think about
1: this? What do you guys think? It's the Beastie Boys.
0: Listen to the Beastie Boys. That's it. You're right. Just listen to the Beastie. Any any Beastie Boys song. Like we don't need to play one. Just put Beastie Boys into your uh, (laughs) streaming service and listen to the Beastie Boys, and you'll be. fine. Listen to their jazz record. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) For God's sake.
1: So Nick, what have you been listening Uh, to? I've really been getting into like weird, like heavy shoegaze stuff lately, Um, Mm -hmm. and I really like this band called Nothing. Um, So I'm going to play a track from their 2020 album The Great Dismal, this is Famine Asylum. Anyway, they sound like uh, heavy, smashing pumpkins, and I like it.
2: Reminds me of Hum.
0: Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. Uh, Mogan, what you got, brother? I've been uh, digging this
2: band, uh, McCluskey, who were a Welsh band, and put out a record in 2002 called McCluskey Does Dallas that I think is a super awesome record.
1: Are you going to go with their leadoff single, Lightsaber Sucking Blues? <laughs>
2: uh, you know, I would, but I think I do want to go with uh, Alan is a Cowboy Killer. All right. Alan is a
1: McCluskey. Alan is a cowboy killer. They broke up around uh,
2: I think 2005 or 2006. They uh, some members formed another band called Future of the Left in the late 2000s, and I believe they uh, two of the three members have, uh are currently playing shows as a version of McCluskey uh, in the United Kingdom.
0: I dig it. All right. Well, I will bring it home. So I have been listening to the latest release from a band called Shadow of Intent. The album is called Elegy and the track I'm going to play for you guys is Farewell. I'm going to see these guys in 2 weeks open up for Cannibal Corpse and I'm very fucking stoked.
1: Farewell. I
0: That is the song Farewell from Shadow of Intent.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Kevin is just on a run with just like the dorkiest fucking title I've ever heard in my life. Like the song titles all read like missions from a dungeon master. Oh, just because. Uh, intensified genocide life of exile where millions have come to die from ruin
0: we rise blood in the sands of time reconquest elegy 1 adapt elegy 2 devise elegy 3 overcome
1: impending mountain dew and mom's cookies (laughs) it's your turn to roll the die
0: by the way shadow of intent is under exclusive license to blood blast
1: distribution (laughs) (laughs) jesus christ all right. Thanks for listening. You can find us on the internet, Instagram, and Twitter at Days of the New. Uh, you can find me at Nick underscore the night. You can find me <laughs> Nick underscore the underscore knife on Instagram and Twitter.
0: Uh, you can find me on Instagram at KJDELURY. And you cannot find me on Twitter because you're my butterfly sugar. <laughs> baby.
2: Ah. Mogan. I'm at uh, Mogan B on Venmo. <laughs> there. Send,
1: me, <laughs> send me some
2: money. Send me some money.
1: Oh, um, I need to get some crazy. <laughs> All right. We'll be back with you uh, next week with the next mosh pit. Uh, thanks for listening. Days of the new is a production of the Palm Springs 86. You
2: were there. Don't feel like-